You're watching The Sports Objective, the podcast for Pirates. That stadium is going to be rocking, and heaven help whoever walks in there to play us. Sustained effort and violence, you play your ass off. You're watching the Pirate Preview on the Sports Objective. Join us every Tuesday night on YouTube Live as we're joined by beat writers and other media members as we take a look at what lies ahead for the Pirates. Now, here are the guys. Here is a first down. Pirates. Welcome into the Pirate Preview. It's Bowl Week, and uh, we've got a lot of coverage as you can tell all week long and Bubba from China Grove Bubba Rosenbaum man how are you I'm doing well Dave you know this time a week from now uh, we'll be I guess what about halftime not quite halftime yep. uh, sometime sometime in the second quarter down in Birmingham uh, in the last couple of weeks have gone by pretty quickly and um, it'll be game day before you know it no doubt and I uh, got a very special guest with us tonight Matt Semenza all the way in the great state of Connecticut I think your weather is Come south to North and South Carolina, man. Yes, sir. It's uh, pretty cold up here. Not the greatest weather. I wish I was in the Carolinas with you guys, but uh, starting to feel like game week, fellas, and looking forward to catching up with Joe tonight. No doubt. Bubba got a very special guest and uh, glad to have him on tonight. Yeah. Uh, you know, a couple, or I guess about a week ago, a little over a week ago, we caught up with interim head coach on Chad Staggs. And right now, very excited to be joined by the play by play voice of the Coastal Carolina Shanta Clears, Joe Cash. And Joe, we appreciate your time this evening. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me on. And yeah, a week, week from now, it, uh, we ought to be about halftime. Ought to be a pretty good one. Looking forward to it. It's uh, it's been it seems like it's been forever since the announcement of the bowl. I just want to get your take from uh, we're very excited. First time to ever play the Chanticleers. It's hard to believe with both programs uh, in football, that is. And we're hoping that maybe that uh, we can have a home and home at some point. But uh, first of all, I want to get your thoughts on the matchup. I'm excited about it, David, to be honest with you. I mean, because this obviously is, you know, a North Carolina, South Carolina state kind of rivalry if you will kind of matchup right I mean we've never played on the football field but I mean it kind of has that feel I mean these two schools are not that far apart geographically of course baseball just played the regional in Greenville right. last spring and that was a heck of a regional up there right and you would really love to see a home and home not just in football or baseball you know men's basketball women's bat, just about anything I mean it it almost it feels like it should be the case you know I mean right I mean both fan bases would be close to each other. It would be a great trip. But first time on the gridiron, we got to go all the way to Birmingham, Alabama to play. And when this matchup came out, I thought, okay, good. You know, this this ought to be a good, you know, Sunbelt, AAC kind of game. Looking forward to it. Uh, quick story real quick, because I know we're talking about the bowl and we have about 10 minutes with you before you have to go. But my daughter and son were with me in the jungle in right field. And our fans are really hard, as you know, on the, on the opposing <laughs> Oh, <team>. yeah. <laughs> and they were heckling the pitchers really bad in the bullpen there in right field. And the kid, there was this one kid, and he kept at begging for a ball, baseball. Please give me a ball. Please, sir. 44 or whatever number, right? So the whole time, none of the pitchers gave him the time of day or the kids. And all of a sudden, the end of the game, my daughter was one of the only kids that didn't, like, heckle them. And he walked up to her and gave her a baseball. So I can't remember the player. I wish I could. 
but I just thought that was really cool. And the, uh, the kind of players at Coastal Carolina. So I want to share that story tonight. Oh, very nice. Appreciate that. That's, uh, that's good. Good story. Yeah, let's talk football. Uh, the matchup is obviously a big one, as we talked about. Um, Birmingham, some fans have, you know, that don't know any better wanted to be in, in Coastal. I understand the trip is shorter, but I know for you guys, you wanted to be out of town. You don't want to be playing your home. That's what we were told. There, the game, the bowl right there, the Merle Beach Bowl. You guys wanted to travel somewhere else. Yeah, there's no, there's no question about that. I mean, the, the Myrtle Beach folks put on a great bowl game, but I don't think economically it's what it's what they would want. I mean, I'm you're right there in in the community already. So what you would really like is a Marshall kind of fan base that will bring five, six, seven thousand people to the beach. A UConn bunch that brought a good fan contingent yesterday. I mean, that was a good bowl game for Myrtle Beach to be able to put that on and have fan bases from out of town to come in economically. That's really what you want. I, I don't expect us, you know, to play in that thing, even though it's in our own stadium. I just don't think, you know, again, from an economic standpoint, it would make a whole lot of sense. And so for us to go out of town, for us to go to Birmingham, I think is a great opportunity. Just like going to Orlando the last two seasons for the Cure Bowl was, has been, uh, you know, both those trips, you know, especially last year when we actually got the bowl experience, you know, year before we could fly in, day before the game, we play it. And that's, it's basically like going on the road. But, you know, last year you get a chance to go to Orlando, go to Universal for a few days and enjoy it and, uh, and, and, and go out and win a bowl game. But, yeah, going out of town, I think, is, is what makes more sense than staying at home. Joe, we'll dive right into things. On the offensive side, obviously the X Factor, um, three-time Sunbelt Conference Player of the Year, um, Grayson McCall. Um, he's entered the transfer portal. Um, we've heard Auburn, we've heard Florida. Um, we've heard he's killing a head coach, Mike Houston say, not only is he going to be playing in this game, uh, we're hearing that he's going to be back next season in Conway. Uh, so what can you tell us about Grayson? Just about everything you just said. I mean, <laughs> I, we, we're not real sure what's going to happen. I mean, I'm just glad that he's playing in this game. Because that gives us that gives us a great chance offensively. I mean, that's no knock on our other kids, you know, that that, put, that play quarterback for us. But when you have a guy like Grayson, who's been responsible for ninety four touchdowns in his career, he's only you know thrown eight interceptions, set all sorts of school records. As you mentioned, the three time conference player of the year, not just the offensive player, the player of the year in our league, which is a pretty good league. That guy's a difference maker, and you, and you got to have him on the field. When he said that he was going in the portal, but he was going to play this game, I was like, uh, uh, you know, okay. <laughs> Not terribly, maybe unexpected that he was going to go to the portal with the coaching change. I don't know that that happens. If we don't change coaches, maybe he sticks around. I mean, we, we're just, we don't know. I mean, who knows? But at least for this game, this time next week, he will be on the field and he'll give us a great chance because that's just the kind of player that he is. A great quarterback, a great competitor and a winner. Joe, I wanted to ask you, you know, and, and obviously in 2022, the one certainty in college football is uncertainty and change. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you, you look at Coastal, you guys have been, had such a tremendous run here for the last few years. And all of a sudden, though, in the offseason, you know, a lot of change, right? You, your head coach uh, moves on. You've had the rumors about uh, McCall and then, you know, some opt-outs as well. So a lot of change. How – What's the mood of the team and how are they handling, you know, all this change within the program? I think right now 
<clears throat> I think right now it's business as usual. I, I think the last two games, there was a lot of uncertainty. There was a lot of distraction going on our last two. I mean, we rolled through our first 10. We were nine and one ranked in the, you know, the top 25. They're on the outer fringes of the top 25 of the polls. And then we get to our last two games and one at James Madison. And we just, you know, that we, James Madison's good. They're not 40 points better than us. And then we get to the conference championship game. And on the morning of the conference championship game, that's when all, you know, what broke loose in terms of Jamie Chadwell's going to Liberty and all this kind of stuff. And it's all over the hotel. And, you know, everybody pretty much knew that to be the case anyway, even before that story broke. And there's a lot of uncertainty, a lot of distractions. I think, though, over the past three weeks, we've locked in, you know, we've kind of gotten things focused. I mean, we, this is a reward for a great season, right? You go to a bowl game, you win nine games, you know, you to play on national television against a quality AAC opponent. Our team is locked in. They want to go win this game. So put the, just hopefully, you know, they put the distractions behind them. We kind of know the, the, the way forward with our new coach. Don't know who all the new staff is going to be yet. That is to come, but you know, we know how we kind of know now what the path forward is, and and we'll be locked in on the twenty seventh. Obviously, plenty of skill pieces in this uh, Coastal Carolina offense for Grayson McCall to distribute the ball to. Um, Jared Brown, um, been impressed with what I've seen out of him, and then also when we talk about the transfer portal and the craziness of um, this day and age of college football, um, it benefited the Chanticleers with the addition of a receiver like Sam Pinckney uh, to. Talk about uh, those two gentlemen uh, and what they provide out wide for Coastal. Yeah, I mean, you just nailed it. I mean, those are our two biggest wide receivers, our two best, most productive guys we've had on the outside this season. I mean, Sam with 67 catches on all, over 900 yards. Jared is our speed guy. He, he is our X-factor kind of guy. And I think I was talking with somebody else a little earlier today about that. Six touchdown catches this season leads us. All six of those have been 30-plus yards, right? I mean, so – when there's a big play, he's probably going to be involved in that some way. Five of those were 50-plus yards, you know, and he's got, again, a speed like we don't really have out of anybody else. I mean, he 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 is a game-breaker. So when we want to try to get the ball to somebody to make some plays down the field, you know, those two kind of guys, you know, those guys are, are the guys. You know, Sam Pinckney had a big conference championship game. He's kind of our possession guy, right? He's not going to really blow past you. But he's got great hands and great instincts coming to us from Georgia State, being the experienced player that he is. Jared is the guy that, you know, he, he's had a couple of drops this season, but he always comes back and always seemingly makes the big play for us when we need it. And, Joe, one of the things that I love about this matchup is we've had some opt-outs. I know we talked about that with Grayson with the potentially transferring, but the fact of the matter is uh, the, both of these teams want to play. And mm -hmm. I know there are some schools that maybe didn't make the playoff or blah, blah, blah. Um, but this particular case, you've got guys that uh, from both teams that want to play, and uh, both teams I think are evenly matched. How about what you what do you think? I think the even matchup that that is like hammer right on top of the nail because when I start to look at the stats, it's almost like I'm looking at a kind of a mirror image of these teams. Very good on offense, experienced quarterbacks that have been there for a long time, and then you look at the defensive side of the ball. East Carolina very good against the run. Not so great against the pass. Coastal Carolina, pretty good against the run. Not so good against the pass. <laughs> so it's kind of like, wow, you know, I mean, geez. You know, what, are we, are we going to see kind of mirror images of each other? But one thing that I do notice about ECU, though, when I start to look at a, an, an opponent, 
when I look at the stat sheet, there are a couple of things that I go to right away, and that's turnover margin and penalties. East Carolina's turned the ball over seven times this season, lost two fumbles. That is pretty doggone good, and they're not penalized very many times either. That's disciplined football. You know, if East Carolina plays like that, they're going to be tough to beat on the 27th. Joe, you talk about the Chanticleers being pretty good against the run themselves. Uh, I, I know I think I want to say they're averaging uh, allowing 3.7, 3.8 yards per carry, but uh, I watched a decent amount of that game against App State, and uh, one of the things that stood out, I think it was fairly early in that game, was a play that Gerard Clark, the 6'4", mm-hmm. 340-pound nose tackle made. East Carolina in this game will be playing without its starting center, Avery Jones, who elected to enter the transfer portal, has since moved on to Illinois. Uh, Hampton Ergel will be, uh, from everything we're hearing, the one getting the starting nod. Uh, so uh, he certainly has a fourth to deal with in Gerard Clark. Gerard's a next-level player, and that App State game is a perfect example of how he can dominate a game. App State, experienced offensive line. They've got running backs that are really, really good, but they couldn't get anything going, and it had a lot to do with number 15, Gerard Clark. I mean, he just he blew up guys at the line of scrimmage. I mean, we made a couple of short, you know, short yardage stops, and he was right there in the middle of all of that, and he's done that all year for us. He's really done that in the last couple of years for us in there at, at that nose tackle spot. So, yeah, I mean, East Carolina is going to have to try to find a way. And I, I'd heard about the ECU center was was going to was going to leave and he, he was gone and whatnot. And I thought, well, you know what? I, they're going to have to figure out how to account for Gerard Clark. If, you know, Gerard's on his game, he's going to he's going to factor in our run defense and be a significant factor in us being able to stop. And East Carolina run game is pretty good with the best running back in the AAC. And as we wrap this up, I know we've got about a minute left. What about special teams? Uh, We've had, we've had some tough with our place kicking, lost a few games because of it. What about special teams for you guys? We've been decent there. I mean, I'm not going to say we've been spectacular because we haven't. I mean, we've got a pretty good kicker who, uh, you know, he, he was good early and then hit a kind of a rough patch. But then towards the end of the year, I think he got his confidence back. So, if I mean, if it comes down to, you know, a, a, a less than 50-yard kick, I, I feel pretty good about that. I think he kind of got his feet back under him a little bit, got to feeling pretty good again. And, you know, we'll, we'll just see. It's We had to replace our entire special teams unit this season. I mean, we had a lot of experience, and we had to start all over again in 2022, and that was one of the areas. And so hopefully next year these guys will be better than what they are this year. But they, they've been good. I, I feel pretty good about them. And, Joe, appreciate the time. I know you got a lot going on, including you have a podcast that you're getting ready to do yourself. Yep. Uh, want to promote that and how people can hear the game next week on Tuesday night. Hey, I appreciate that. So the Strut Podcast, you can find us on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram. Uh, we're on Spotify. We we drop usually Wednesday or Thursday every week. And, of course, uh, with this week we're going to have our head coach, our interim head coach, uh, Chad Staggs. we got an interview coming up with him here shortly. We had Tim Beck on last week, our new coach, who will start with us in 2023. So uh, the Strut Podcast. And then, you know, our flagship is Hot Talk 99.5 out of Myrtle Beach, and we'll be on the air starting at 5 o'clock on uh, Tuesday the 27th. That's 5 o'clock Eastern time uh, for the uh, for the 645 kickoff there in Birmingham. It's going to be a great time, and look for hopefully we get a chance to meet you in, uh, there in Birmingham. Thank you so much for coming on, and uh, we'll talk to you again very soon. Maybe we can talk some basketball or baseball in the future. Absolutely. We'd love to. Thanks for having me on, guys. Enjoyed it. All right, have a great night. You too. Take care. Uh, bye-bye. All right, guys, uh, Joe Cashin, the Coastal Carolina play-by-play voice. 
and it'll be interesting to see how that all plays out. But certainly uh, looking for everybody to uh, come on by again. Uh, by the way, Bubba, I want to remind folks that on Monday night, we're going to have a very special live event. I know Matt and and, uh, and Kyle are going to be virtual with us, uh, but we're going to be at Overtime Grill and Bar, and that's in Birmingham, and that's going to be at 8 o'clock. So you go to the pep rally, uh, 530 to 6, there's fireworks after that. Come on by, right? Drive over to the uh, to the bar. Yeah, definitely. I look forward to hopefully seeing uh, several pirates out there. Like you mentioned at the overtime grilling bar, uh, I want to say it's it's about nine or ten miles from Protective Stadium. But yeah. um, we'll have that address for you, and uh, we'll have a graphic on the screen uh, before the end of the show, and we'll we'll have that address on our social media. No doubt about it. It's going to be a lot of fun. In fact, we'll see if we can have some uh, some guests for you working on that behind the scenes. But if nothing else, we certainly will have a show and a lot of great pirates meeting up and uh, pirate beverages. If you don't drink pirate beverages, that's okay. I'd uh, love to have you out. Again, that's Overtime Grill and Bar, and that's in uh, Birmingham. So check that out. We'll, again, like Bubba said, we have a graphic. We'll put that up on the screen here very soon. Put your questions and comments on Facebook Live and, of course, YouTube, you can put that up uh, in the comment section and we'll get those uh, questions. And maybe if you have a comment, we'll put that up as well. It's a great night. Uh, obviously, our bowl coverage between we got a lot of stuff between now and next Tuesday. So uh, a lot of fun. In fact, I checked my tickets out, guys. And uh, section 104 is where we're going to be sitting. So I'm really stoked. And if you're looking at um, the picture behind me, that's the press box side is where East Carolina is going to be sitting. So uh, hopefully, if you haven't got your tickets yet, get your tickets because I know I think we're at 1,200 now. We talked about that last night, so we'd love for a lot of folks to uh, get their tickets. And I don't know how many tickets overall has been sold for Pirate Nation. We're not 100% sure, um, but we'd love for everybody, to, a big crowd, to maybe there's a late push that you can do that. And Bubba, can you still get tickets through the school? Isn't that is that the last? Uh, I'm, yes, um, you, can. you can still order tickets through. ECUPirates.com or by calling 1-800-DOLL-ECU. Um, Coleman Spain told me that yesterday. I'm not, I'll try to confirm um, by him here in the next few minutes on when the cutoff is. But uh, he, told me, when. he told me that updated number, as far, like you were mentioning, as far as 1,200 or a little over 1,200 that has been sold directly through East Carolina. But uh, he, did, he did just say that uh, – that you can still order through the ECU ticket office. Awesome. Coleman's a great dude and friend of the show. Appreciate his hard work. And by the way, baseball related, uh, I know we're doing our bowl show, a pre pirate preview, uh, but don't forget to get your tickets for baseball. They have jungle tickets is all they have left for season tickets. Not there. There's anything wrong with that. I love the jungle. Um, but if you're looking for seats, they don't even, the season tickets sold out uh, quickly. So make sure that you get your um, tickets. And like Bubba mentioned last night, You'll still be able to get single tickets, uh, game tickets, but not season tickets um, if you wait. But why wait? Go ahead and support the program. And again, as you mentioned, ecpirates.com or 1-800-DOLL-ECU. And I know, Bubba, there's a big game tomorrow night. Part of our Pirate Preview, you interviewed Gigi Smith, the head coach of High Point, earlier. Yeah, I did have the chance to catch up with uh, Gigi Smith, the head coach of the High Point Panthers. Um, before we get to that, though, since you brought up baseball days, Yep. Uh, the 
2023 collegiate baseball poll that was released today. The Pirates come in at 20th. Uh, there you see LSU is number one. Uh, Florida, despite their uh, struggles in recent years, the, the Gators are second. And then uh, you see Texas A&M at fourth. Uh, the Vols uh, did not make it. Omaha last year got upset yep. by Notre Dame in the Super Regional there in Knoxville. But um, So that gives you four SEC teams in the top five. Uh, with Stanford being the exception. And Stanford and East Carolina have something in common because um, the two of the two of our programs are the ones that uh, have the longest streak as far as the hosting regionals uh, at our respective stadiums. So um, there you see, um, obviously, the Pirates are going to be playing a three-game series against the North Carolina Tar Heels. The Tar Heels come in at 11th. Uh, you also have um, – you see Southern Miss, they're, they're of note, are now in the Sun Belt and the Golden Eagles, 18th. Um, you have um, the Texas Longhorns, who the Pirates, of course, fell to in the Super Regional coming in at 25th. Yeah, Bubba, you had to bring that up. <laughs> uh, no, I'm kidding. Yeah, five straight regionals. Uh, how about that, Bubba? Five straight um, from 18 to the present. So, um and that's that's going on. I guess uh, the, oh the, yeah, four, four straight. I'm sorry, I beg your pardon, because 2020 was canceled, of course. Um, but yeah, that's a great uh, great feat for the Pirates, and of course with Cliff Godwin. And um, yeah, you, oh, you've heard it, you've heard Cliff say time and again, you know how good that 2017 uh, disastrous season was for us, where we did not make the NCAA tournament. Uh, we finished last in the regular season. Nearly won the tournament, but he, you know, he truly believes, and it's easy to see why in retrospect. And that was so good for our program. Look at how good we've been since then. You know, yeah. hosting yeah. hosting regionals every year, and um, been to three straight super regionals in 2019, 21, and 22, and on the doorstep of Omaha last year. And Bubba, off the top of my head, top of my head I know that we went to. Um... Many times we went to regionals, but not hosting regionals. In fact, uh, is that is is that off the top of my head? That's got to be a record for us, four in a row, right? Or not? I'm sorry. Did you say as far as hosting regionals? Hosting regionals? Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, you you think about it. Uh, as far as far as hosting regionals, that's that's undoubtedly a record. Yeah. Because. because uh, because prior to that, um, prior to uh, 2018, you had not hosted since 2009. Right. And then prior to 2009, you had not hosted since 2004. Yep. And then, and then obviously you, you hosted in uh, you hosted in 2001 at Fleming Stadium for for the regional. So uh, that run, you know, 2018 and then 2019, that, those were the first times we had hosted consecutively. You, you would have had, had we had the facility to host, you could have had such a run back in 99, 2000, and 2001. But obviously that wasn't the case because because of not having a facility and then not putting in a bid to host at a Fleming Stadium or a Granger Stadium. Yeah, and that's what really sparked the interest of getting what we have now. What a great baseball field. What a great uh, venue. Um, a lot of the people we've had on that are baseball experts 
talking heads, if you will, journalists, they say Clark LeClaire has an SEC field. And if they say it, um, then we'll take their word for it. Uh, Matt, I don't know if Matt's uh, with us at the moment, but are you there, bro? I don't know if we we lost him or not. I can't hear you, Matt, if you're... Yeah. Yeah, he's he's not on mute, but uh, Matt uh, try signing out and back in. There you go. Uh, but uh, thus far, um, we're about I think eleven bowl games in now. Yep. Um, Idaho Potato Bowl today. You had Eastern Michigan falling behind San Jose State thirteen to nothing, and then the, the Eagles led by Chris Creighton. I know Kyle was likely tuned into that one. Um, I know he's a big fan of Chris Crate and everything he's done there in Ypsilanti, but uh, the Eagles scored 30 unanswered and went on to a 41-27 victory on the Smurf turf out there in Boise. That's crazy. Was that crazy or what? I mean, we had uh, that, and uh, man, we have a bowl, like pick em situation going on. That's all I'm going to say, and I don't know about you, Bubba, but uh, I picked San Jose State, so Sorry, Chris Creighton. I do like you as a coach, but I just felt like San Jose State would be would be the winner. Yeah, it doesn't surprise me that Eastern Michigan won. I like you took took the Spartans to cover the four and a half. I thought it would be a close ball game, and they probably win by a touchdown or so. But um, yeah, and not really a dog in the fight, other than who I picked. So uh, it doesn't break my heart uh, other than get my pick wrong to see Eastern sure. Michigan um, and Scott Weatherby. So I guess kind of, I did have a dog in the fight with Scott Weatherby there. You know, I like to see Eastern Michigan do well with, uh, with Scott Weatherby there um, leading that athletics program, but uh, they are, uh, they finished the season nine and four. Uh, so uh, great to see them take another step forward. I think, the best they had done was, I want to say, seven wins. Uh, they've been seven and five or seven and six a few times under Chris Creighton, and this year they took it up to nine wins. So uh, another step forward for that program that had uh, really struggled prior to his arrival. No doubt, and he's uh, done uh, – in fact, uh, we talked about that with Scott Weatherby, so no surprise that – they don't have the facilities when you're, you know, not too far away from Ann Arbor and you have the University of Michigan, right? And not necessarily, I don't know how exactly close it is, but it's close enough and too close for comfort, right, Bubba? Yeah, I, th I think it's a situation that's like Duke, North Carolina, where it's oh, well, more close. Okay. Uh, yeah, I'll double check this, but I, I, I don't think they're more than 10 miles or so apart. It, 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 at the most, 15 or 20, but I, I don't even think it's that far. And that's right, because when we talk to him, I think he's going to try to come to uh, the Big House game when we're up there in September, uh, so uh, for Labor Day. Right, and, they're, and they have a – Friday night game, right? They have a Friday night game against someone. Yeah, maybe we can go to that, but that's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, catching up with Scott Weatherby, who is a great pirate, and, of course, I know he's up there with Eastern Michigan. Congratulations to them. Um, that's what, you know, Bubba, I was going to say when I was, uh, <laughs> when I was, uh, today, when I saw about that score and you texted us, I was like, that's what makes these bowls so great is the exact same thing. When you're filling out a bracket for, uh, for March madness and your bracket is all messed up the same thing today, like time game after game, 
just when you think you've got it figured out, like who's going to win in your predictions and you have a situation like that. Yep. Uh, and uh, to answer our question, Dave, from Eastern Michigan's campus to the big house is six and a half miles. Oh, man. I so so they're, they're, they're even, they're even uh, closer than North Carolina and Duke. Yes, by eight miles difference. We're so, oh, my gosh. No wonder. I understand. Yeah. <laughs> That's even a bigger feat for them to have eight wins when you have uh, – and literally in your backyard, you have the big house. So, ladies and gentlemen, it's Matt Semenza. Semenza style. All right, guys. Sorry. I'm having some crazy uh, technical difficulties tonight. So You need to drink more Matty Ice. Absolutely. I could use one right now. Uh, like, <laughs> now, for whatever now reason, Matt. My, my link is cutting out on me tonight, but hopefully you guys can hear me okay. Yep, got you loud and clear now. Uh, Matt, Dave, and I were just talking about the famous Idaho Potato Bowl, uh, Eastern Michigan getting that 41-27 to 27 win over San Jose State out on the blue turf in Boise. Uh, did you have a chance to see any of that game? You know what? I didn't get to see any of it whatsoever, but, uh, you know, definitely impressed with Eastern Michigan. They can score points, explosive offense, and, uh, you know, unfortunately I had to miss that. just didn't get home in time for it. As this thing yeah. called work, it's so overrated, right, Matt? Oh, absolutely. Completely overrated. <laughs> now, but Matt. Think, yeah, go ahead, Bubba. Out of the first 10 bowl games, you know, what were some of the storylines and things that caught your eye and uh, me- memorable games or performances within the game? Well, for, you know, I, I had a personal interest to see how UConn would, would match up with Marshall. Um, just Just really – Interested in in the job that Jim Moore Jr. has done this year. We've talked about it quite a bit on this show, but he's he's done a tremendous job to get that team bowl eligible. So I was hoping that they would be able to, you know, be competitive, possibly get a win. Uh, didn't really go that way. I thought Marshall was the far superior team there. So I, I did have an interest in that. And then how about Fresno, guys? Another one, you know, Fresno um, – taking care of business in a big way. I think that jumped out to me as well. And then finally, uh, BYU. I, I was happy to see BYU get that win over SMU. And I thought their defense played outstanding. No question about it. Guys, uh, help me out. Uh, I still haven't seen the play, but I watched that whole game with uh, with Troy and UTSA. And I know you guys literally, We were. I was at my Christmas party for work, right? And I, on Friday night in Greenville, and I turned away from the television just to talk to, of course, I'm going to be social with my my coworkers, right? And literally, I missed what happened on that fourth and goal play that you guys were talking about because that when um, when I looked back up, it was a commercial break, and then they came back, and I noticed, I was like, man, Troy has the ball back. So I literally, that was a disappointing game for me because I really thought that I, I just really like the Roadrunners. Glad they're coming to our conference. Uh, and, and one respect for the conference, but not for East Carolina as an opponent. Um, but anyway, I was just wondering what happened. Yeah, the story of um, that specific situation, it was fourth and goal, three-yard line, four-yard line, and they threw a fade route to the left corner of the end zone and uh, just threw incomplete. I just didn't think it was uh, – the best call in that situation. You have a mobile quarterback. I think maybe he was perhaps banged up a little bit, but even so, I think they could have uh, found a higher percentage play to go to. Um, it's very, very tough catch for the receiver, uh, a, t- a tippy catch. And um, 
the story of that game was UTSA turned the football over five times in addition to that time where they turned it over on downs at the three-yard line and uh, lost 18-12 uh, to 12 on defensive struggle. The crazy thing is uh, Troy in that game only had – I don't even think they had 200 yards of offense. They had somewhere maybe 175 yards of offense. But uh, when you force five turnovers and then you get another stop in the red zone, like I mentioned, inside the five-yard line, then you can uh, win with little offense. And another one of those stops in uh, that was one of those five turnovers was a pick inside the five-yard line that got run back about 60 or 70 yards to set up um, a good situation for the Trojan offense. So, so definitely, uh, you know, kind of a heavyweight fight there in Orlando. But, um, that game was initially, you know, several years ago when it came into existence at the Citrus Bowl, you know, Camping World Stadium. Now it's played at the – whatever the stadium uh, where, where the – major league soccer team plays there in Orlando. Yeah, that's, I tell you what, um, I've been mad. I don't know about you guys. I've talked about this last week. I'm so excited about the bowls because we are in a bowl game and we're going to be bowling in Birmingham. As it says, the top of the screen, the great overlay, thanks to the, uh, the whiz of our show. And that would be Bubba Rosenbaum, the Oz, if you will. Uh, Matt, uh, as far as opting out, and uh, I know we could talk about acknowledging about that. I just think about like our game. We, we have some situations with people on East Carolina for various reasons that are not playing the game. And then we have um, the situation with Grayson McCall. I'm just frustrated with the sport. I, I think we're going to have to come up with something. And I don't know what that is, or I would be on something besides this, the show, no offense to us, but I'm just frustrated with the whole opting out thing. I know I'm old school. I understand somewhat why you do it. But most of these cats, they're talking about going to the NFL. And I'm not knocking them. Um, if you Hey, if you feel like you can go for your dreams. But don't you think, Matt, that uh, the percentage of these guys that are actually going to make the NFL are so slim, you're better off playing the bowl game to have a chance to increase your stock or at least be an unsigned, uh, unsigned free agent? Yeah, I, I get very frustrated with it, Dave. I'm really frustrated with the entire state of college football right now. I mean, things are just so out of control. It's unbelievable. And, you know, I can recall a time, and I'm being a little sarcastic, not that I'm like 100 years old, but I can recall a time when SMU got the death penalty for far less than what's happening in college football right now. And between yep. the, the opt-outs, guys, the portal – um, I read a, a report today that there were two schools that offered the quarterback of North Carolina five million dollars each. Now, Ooh. now I don't I don't know if that's been verified or you know you read a lot of things out there, but I right. did see a report on that today. And the type of money that that's going around and just you just feel like the sport is out of control, and you hate to see it because this was. The greatest sport we had in this country, in my opinion, college football, and you hate to see it going down this path. But in terms of the opt-outs, Dave, I, I don't like it. Um, call me old school. Call me old-fashioned. I would not bail on my team before a bowl game. I wouldn't do it. Um, so, so yeah, I, I don't like it. Now, Coastal, they can opt out all they want, in my opinion. 
But uh, hopefully we don't see any more with East Carolina, which I don't think we will at this point. I think we're set. Yeah, and again, most of these players are going to be playing. They want to play and all that. But, you know, if I'm playing Monopoly, a board game, video game, whatever the case may be, uh, a backyard basketball game, pickup game, I'm competitive. I want to win. And I just don't understand why you can say to yourself that you're a competitor and that you want to win. And the other thing that comes to mind, guys, I tell my team at work all the time, is no one person, as we've heard many, many years, is bigger than the team. But I think when you opt out, you're saying that you're bigger than the team. And that's just one of my um, things, again. Great that you're going for the NFL, but that should be if you're, for example, if you're going to skip your senior season, great. No worries there. Um, but there's got to be some kind of accountability. There's got to be something that has to be done because it's really right now the Wild, Wild West. And everybody can say that um, once it's out, and I get it, that you say you can't reel it back in. But they're going to have to do something because if not, you know, if hey, Matt and Bubba, they're trying to make it a pro sport. So if you're going to make it a pro sport, um, there's a thing called, I don't know, wait for it, wait for it, tampering. And that's just one thing that I think that the Pirates, maybe I sound, um, I know that Kyle hates the term sour grapes, but there, there's just a lot of stuff like that where we think we have a player and it's even worse now with NIL. I mean, Avery Jones gets 25 grand. And he's going to Champaign, Illinois to play for uh, for the Illini, fighting Illini. But, that, but that, that's fine if he wants to do that. Um, but and another thing that I'll add to you guys is that Can I just comment on that really quick. So is that what that's what Avery Jones got twenty five thousand dollars? That's Champagne. what I heard. Yeah. So, you know, I guess when you're in college, that might seem like a lot of money. By the time you take taxes out of that, yep. move across the country, it's really not that much money, guys. And I, I just hopefully it's worth it for Avery. I think there might have been more to that story. Hopefully it wasn't just twenty five thousand dollars. It was the uh, the draw for him out to Champagne, but uh, you know, hey, it's like it is crazy times, crazy times. But maybe that was bonus uh, money. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess when you're in college, you, you probably think that that's gonna, you know, do a lot for you. But it's it's you know, by the time you take the taxes out, um, it's not good. It's not that much money. And the cost of living in Champagne has got to be more than Greenwood, North Carolina, wouldn't you think? I would think so off the top of my head, but I'm just not sure, to be honest with you. It's cheap in Connecticut to live. That's what I was told. But maybe you should. Oh, yeah. Gee, absolutely. <laughs> Connecticut, New York, New Jersey, California, the most expensive uh, in the mm. country, guys. There's no rich folks in Connecticut. It's so blue collar. Um, there's no taxes up there, is what I heard, but I don't know. Um, <laughs> I wish. Yes, yeah. Sarka. Yeah, well, one of these days we want to. Um, one of these days we want to get to the Simenzas down here. I don't know when that'll be, but maybe what we should do is tell um, the governor or different folks that are <laughs> increase the taxes, all the local taxes, property taxes, so the Simenzas will come to Greenville. That's what we want to do. So maybe one day that'll happen. Uh, we, I know Robert was trying to chime in. Bubba, we haven't gone to him yet. Um, yeah, we, we have a few folks chiming in uh, on Justin. Facebook as well as YouTube. Uh, before we get to Robert's question, Justin Butts a few minutes ago said, "Evening, gents." Uh, he just booked his flight, leaving Monday uh, from RDU, 9 a.m. Hopes to see some fellow pirates in Birmingham. Justin, I think you may have been watching at this time, but uh, join us uh, on Monday night 
eight o'clock or you know a little before eight o'clock yep. at overtime grilling bar um, we'll provide that address for you again before the show's over as well as put it on our social media yeah and, i'd love to have you justin and a lot of great pirates there in fact they hold 100 people there at, we got it we got a place a venue that's not too too big so that way our pirates we're going to show out we're going to show them what pirate nation's all about i just have a feeling and then robert dedrick says some kids are not getting paid all the money they've been promised Texas A&M, for example, that's not surprising, but I had not read anything about that specifically. Had had you guys? No, and and uh, that's to me right now on my radar. I'll just say this, and you guys have heard me. Um, I'm not. I call him Jumbo. I'm not a fan of Jumbo uh, Fisher. I think Jumbo is like overrated as a coach, and I think uh, you want to talk about a fan base. I don't feel sorry for them because they're getting a lot of money in the SEC, and they have a lot of money, and that be in Texas A&M. But man, they were sold a bill of goods. Ten years, seven and a half a million. Do you guys think? Uh, I mean, I, my understanding is his record is similar to that of uh, Kevin Sumlin, and they paid Sumlin a lot less money. I know he won a national championship, but at, at FSU. Uh, but man, I, I don't think uh, we don't have to dwell on that, obviously. But I don't think Jimbo Fisher's getting it done uh, there at College Station. No, I would uh, I'd say that's definitely um, pretty obvious at this point. It's going to be uh, interesting to see how things go moving forward uh, for the Aggies in 2023 and uh, whether he's able to win enough games to, to be retained uh, beyond 2023. Uh, right now, we do have another bowl game taking place, and that being the um, – um, Boca Raton Bowl uh, down at FAU Stadium. The Liberty Flames um, playing their first game without Hugh Freeze are winning 7 nothing against the Toledo Rockets with 11 minutes left in the first half. Yeah, that's uh, interesting there with uh, <clears throat> Jamie Chadwell going there to Liberty and who will be the – will Grayson McCall go up there after this game? Um, you know, Coach Staggs was even talking about last week, Matt, if you remember, about the fact that Grayson McCall, they're still uh, – they're recruiting him there. That's what's so weird about the transfer portal. You're recruiting a guy that's been your the player of the year for the whole conference of the Sun Belt, and you're recruiting a guy that's right there on campus. It's like Holt Nailers. Like, it would be like for us, Holt Nailers, he doesn't have another year, I know, but like, say, like last year, um, we pretty much knew he was going, he wasn't going anywhere, um, that he would just quit football. It wasn't a matter of, uh, going to another university. Well, guys, there's a player on Oregon that just got like his 10th year of eligibility granted. That's one of the funniest things I've ever seen. Um, yeah, I'll put, I'll put that up on the screen here in a moment <laughs> when I get the screenshot. That's, uh, <laughs> that was a unique story to say the least. Yeah. Unbelievable. But, um, you know, going back to McCall, guys, I mean, for, first of all, when you if you're a player for Liberty right now, this, this is really your audition for Hugh Freeze. I mean, this, this is your audition. You want to make a good impression. You want to, you know, put a good performance out there that's going to be on – it's going to be on film. Um, so you have a lot to play for as a player. And then just in terms of McCall, I, I, I would be shocked if he went back to Coastal. I mean – just when you look at the type of money being thrown around right now, he's a guy that can fit at so many schools. I mean, I think he would be a great fit at Florida right now. East Carolina for the Gators. I, hell, I I love him at East Carolina. I mean, he's he's a tough tough player. 
Um, I don't like them this week, but I'll, I'll like them after that. Um, but uh, yeah, it's it is just crazy times, fellas. Uh, no doubt. In fact, uh, by the way, I don't know if you guys saw, and I know Matt, you work for a living, so does Bubba. Uh, Devin Leary of NC State transferring to Kentucky. You know, everybody talks about Kentucky being a basketball school, but with Stoops, Mark Stoops has done an excellent job and talk about a coach that they've uh, stuck with and what a great job they're doing there in Lexington and football. And to get Devin Leary um, and the SEC, I think he's, that's going to be a nice fit for um, for that bunch there with the Wildcats. Yeah, obviously they have. I don't know. Can you hear me? I got you, Dave. Yeah, it sounded like Bubba was about to talk there and cut out, but they have done a great job, Dave. I mean, they were able to pick up Will Levis from Penn State and get two great years out of him. And now you go back to the portal and you bring in Leary, who, you know, by all accounts has an NFL arm. And um, hey, let's face it, if he didn't go down this year for NC State, their season would have been drastically different. Oh, yeah. In my opinion. You know, people, a lot of people said, well, you know, hey, NC State, you know, they were just overrated. You know, they they were underachievers. And, you know, I, I think when he went down, when you lose a quarterback of that caliber, it just changes the whole complexion of your team. And 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 that's what happened with them this year. So he he's definitely uh, – I, I could see good things from him in, in Lexington. <clears throat> no question about it. It'll be interesting to see how he does, like I said – and the SEC, but I think he's got the talent for sure. Or they're they're smart; they know what they're doing, or they wouldn't have uh, uh, picked him. You guys, uh, are you guys getting ready for Christmas? What's going on there? I know, um, Bubba. We're going to try to do a show. I think a Christmas show, and a plug that too before I forget on Thursday, right? Yeah, we will um, tomorrow night. Pirate basketball overtime after what should be a very entertaining and challenging game with the High Point Panthers. Six o'clock tip off. So. You're Raleigh East, and within an hour, hour and a half of Greenville, get out and support this team on this playing some pretty good basketball, eight and four, playing its final non-conference game before beginning league play against the Temple Owls. No doubt, by the way, if you want to put your questions and comments, Facebook Live or YouTube, then go ahead and do so. I'd love to get your uh, thoughts on if you want to talk about the bowl, if you want to talk about, uh, by the way, signing day, hard to believe, guys, is tomorrow. I want to get your thoughts on that. Yeah, can I just go back for one second, Dave? Chris, I have a, I have a gripe right now about Christmas. Okay. Yeah, I have a gripe. You know, first of all, you have a million Christmas songs out there. They play the same three over and over, which annoys the hell out of me. Don't give me George Michael. Don't give me Paul McCartney. Don't give me Mariah. Give me something original, please. And then, and then the same thing. You have a hundred Christmas movies that are great. They give you Elf, and typically the Christmas Story, and and then Christmas Vacation. They give you those three every night of the week, and they're great movies. But we need to mix it up a little bit. So that's, so that's my like that's my rant. I mean, you know, you can go with the classics. A lot of great black and white Christmas mu movies. Christmas Carol. From 1954, I think. I mean, there's a lot of good ones out there, um, but they just, you know, very, very unoriginal, guys. Very unoriginal. You want you want some Hallmark movies? 
I, I don't know. I mean, you know, I don't really typically watch the Hallmark, you know. The, I'll tell you a good underrated one is The Family Man. Great movie. This one? <laughs> Nicolas Cage. That's oh, yeah. One. Oh, I haven't seen that in a minute. Yeah. Yeah, the uh, Scrooge. I love what Bill Murray. Uh, what else? Those are some that are kind of like offbeat, kind of like off the path ones you don't expect uh, people to like. I know um, for me, the uh, by the way, I know that Matt and Kyle, I can't remember if Bubba had a scene, but the new Christmas story, the Christmas story Christmas that's on HBO Max is really good. I was totally floored about, uh, we watched it last weekend with the kids on Friday night and Saturday. It was really good. I, I did not expect it to be, they've had some real, some people say stinkers, some really bad sequels to one of the best Christmas movies ever. And what did, what did you guys think? Matt, you liked it, didn't you? I thought it was great. I thought it was great. You know, I like how they had the original cast. You could tell they put a lot of thought into the script. And, uh, you know, they had the original house from, from when uh, Ralphie was a kid. Yeah. And I, I, my favorite part was with the, you know, a little twist with Scott Farkas, how he was the oh, yeah. the town sheriff, or, or, or the town sheriff, right? Um like a police, police officer. officer, yeah. So that was that was great. I, I enjoyed that. Bubba, have you seen that yet? The Christmas Story Christmas. No, I haven't. Yeah, I like the. Uh, <clears throat> I liked it, so I'm glad that I was relieved after I saw all that. Because <laughs> as I said, it was really bad. What about? Uh, let's see. Off the top of my head, White Christmas is great. Bing Crosby. You have. Um, also, I love uh, Miracle on Thirty Fourth Street. I'm a big fan of that movie, the original. Well, both are good, but the original is the the best, of course. And uh, it's a wonderful life. Are you guys? Do you guys think it's overrated? I'm a huge fan of that. Oh, it's a wonderful life is a classic. Uh, I love that movie. I watch. I typically watch it on on New Year's uh, a lot. It seems to be on. But uh, great movie. That's that's definitely like, you know, a top top uh, holiday movie for me. And uh, hey, by the way, uh, Justin Butts wants to know what can we? What do you call the first truck, Justin? Uh, Justin, what? Help me out. Queen Anne. That's right. That's right. So Queen Anne is the first. Uh, what, what are we going to name the second truck? What do you guys think? So we have Queen Anne for the first one. We'll have to come up with. Uh, we'll have to think that you you put me on the spot, Justin. I, I wasn't. We were talking Christmas, so my mind was literally on Christmas with uh, Christmas songs, movies. We'll talk more about it. That's a great tease for Thursday night, uh, thanks to Matt. And uh, Matt, I send you a long-distance dedication, uh, but I don't think Bubba knows about that. But I sent Matt a long-distance dedication to his favorite Christmas song, so I hope you enjoy that, pal. I'm glad that I don't live in the same house with you. I live, <laughs> I've got a buffer of like several, like, what, 13 hours or more? When I hear that song, Dave, is this the Paul McCartney Christmas song? <laughs> Wonderful Christmas time. Yeah, you need to play it. Yeah, you when I when it. I hear it, something happens. I want to take the, you know, the radio or whatever it is, and smash it off the wall, just like Jeff Connors. <laughs> Jeff Connors, one time we played Southern Mississippi, took the uh, the VCR and smashed it off the wall, and uh, I want to do that whenever I hear that. Paul McCartney song days. Like so. with Elvis, you want to? I don't think it was really true, but they they had years ago. They said that Elvis shot the television. You know, <laughs> the, you can, instead of shooting the television, you shoot the 
the radio or whatever. You, uh, I don't know how you listen. To your, uh, you don't want to mess up your nice phone. Um, exactly. Expensive computer, I guess. But these TVs are so cheap now that you could probably shoot a television and throw it out the window. And uh, I used to love that with Letterman. He used to throw out from the top of Rockefeller Plaza. He used to take televisions and throw them off the top of it. Um, maybe you could do that. Like Paul McCartney. <laughs> I would do that for sure. What is that? Is that is that the worst Christmas song for you? In my opinion, that's Monday, that's uh, Thursday that's, night. Uh, yeah, it's horrible. Absolutely hor- horrendous effort by a, by a Beatle guy who had a great career. For him to put that kind of music out there is just an embarrassment. It's just an so you love Paul McCartney, you just don't like the song. I don't love Paul McCartney. I did. I like the Beatles. You know, they had some good stuff, but uh, he that that song is just a disgrace. All right. it's not one of my it's not one of my favorites and we'll talk about our favorites coming up on again thursday night is our christmas show so hopefully we can get matt back on and um we can just play that song over and over and over again well we won't participation from matt i guess they'll just sign out but um, (laughs) but we'll have fun on thursday night with our christmas show as we get you ready for the holiday hard to believe it's just a few days away and um for Christmas, I want a, a bull win. I want our eighth win. I want a bull win. And guys, we haven't, you know, um, with with people that are talking about, you know, oh my gosh, this in Birmingham. Well, the schedule, I understand, with December 27th, is tough for a lot of folks that have to go to back to work on Monday on the 26th or the 27th. But we haven't won a bowl game in, in 10 years, nine years, rather, eight years for an eight-win season. So, uh, we've got a lot to play for, and a lot of people, I hope, will come down to Birmingham or at least watch it, and um, that would be fantastic. A lot to play for for this ball game. Yeah, these, uh, I think it's probably a pretty vocal minority, but these folks that say um, – I don't believe Yeah, we we lost. I think they, I think they need to reassess some things, and uh, because it, it means a ton, uh, getting an eighth win, like you said, for the first time since 2014, winning a bowl game for the first time since 2013, and winning a bowl game for just the third time uh, in this century. Uh, so, wow, that's uh, so. Uh, I think a lot of. I'll tell you, I'll just jump in there from Bu- for Bubba since he's cutting out, but I, I agree with his point. I mean, there's, this is an important game. And for me, the storyline that I'm really looking at is, is the defense. I want to see the defense kind of get back to playing respectable football, um, wh- which they have done, you know, under Blake Harrell since he's been here. I think he's done a tremendous job. Not really sure what's happened the last few weeks, you know, whether it's just, you know, Guys were banged up. Uh, you know, people had a, a, a really good game plan on, against us. And whatever it is, I want to see the defense get back to playing respectable football, Dave. And that's something that's that's really important. You, you don't want to go into an offseason with with three straight bad defensive performances. No, you don't. And I think, uh, I think with the time, I think some of it was – um, they're banged up, and I think that's one great thing that we had a little period there where you can practice and you get refocused. So did Coastal Carolina. I know they have too, but I think there's going to be uh, ability that we have that there's a lot of 
uncertainty with uh, Coastal Carolina. I'm not taking them for granted, but uh, I think the Pirates are going to be fired up. I think they're going to be motivated. You think about Holt Nailers, and hopefully we can talk about more. But I want to see uh, Mason Garcia play some. I'm not trying to start any like thing there, but I really want to see him get some reps and for the bowl game. And I hope that we can get the waiver play in week zero against Gardner Webb. And then, uh, Matt, are you going to commit to us? I know it's a long ways away, but are you going to commit to us on going to uh, the big house on, I think, September 3rd for Labor Day for 2023? That's definitely one I have marked down, guys. I really want to get out there. I mean, that's that's a bucket list type game, bucket list type trip. So, um, yeah, I, 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 need, I actually really need to jump on it because I heard some people talking about how hard it is um, to find a place to stay. And people were getting, you know, people were booking Airbnbs like 20 miles away at this point because there's, you know, it books up fast in those towns. Wow. Guys, going back to our game, I'm going to go back and do some more film study uh, just to see how folks have played Coastal uh, over the over this year as well as in maybe even in previous years. But uh, with the triple option element of their offense, I just thought about this, Matt, because you were talking about uh, wanting to see a much improved defensive effort from the last two times out. And uh, it'll be interesting to see how we do play after, after this uh, four-week break. All right. And uh, nothing but uh, nothing but practicing and so forth, and getting some guys healthy. But uh, with, okay. with 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 that with with a triple option element to their offense, it'll be interesting to see how much we play some main coverage. Hey Matt, you got you got to come to the bowl. Um, do you see that we got breaking news uh, here? Justin Butts, look at this, Matt, for you. Matt, if you come, I'll let you drive the truck. How about that, man? Come on. Matt, you got to come to the bowl. That sounds good, Justin. Can you pick me up, though? Can you pick me up? I'm, I'm a little I, – I don't have a, a flight down there, but uh, that sounds like – that sounds uh, – I would love to drive the truck. That would be oh, – man, that would be killer, man, to see Matt drive up the uh, – I guess, is that going to be the second? So the band – I think it's the band equipment is what they're – you're going to be driving, Matt, but that would be so killer to um, – just make sure you don't drink any Matty Ice. Um, you can't no. do that. We'll make it work. Thanks, Justin. Appreciate that, man. I, I appreciate the confidence he has in you, Matt. You, you don't have your CDLs, do you? That's all right. We'll, we'll make it work. We'll just work around that. Okay. Are you, and would you stop at any of the truck stops, Matt? No, no. I'd probably Not avoid that. And, uh, you know, just, uh, you know. I take it for a little joy ride first and then get to the game. If you do, Matt, you know, when you do stop at a truck stop, you know, you know, keep your composure. Don't lose your cool if a salt shaker hits you in the shoulder. <laughs> what in the world? I miss, I'm missing out on that one. Um, dumb, and, dumb and dumber when, when sea bass oh, gets oh. hit in the shoulder. Yeah, okay, God. Yeah, you're the – I love that movie, and um, I haven't seen it in so forever. So forgive me. Like I've probably forgotten more of that movie than I should, but uh, I love the original. I think it's fantastic. And Matt, don't wear a hat like Seabass, and Christy will kill you. <laughs> oh, here's uh, no doubt, no doubt. See that. So I found out it's the player's luggage as well. So the second truck will leave 
at half so when the players get back they can uh, leave straight home okay so they would be able to do that so they can go back and they'll be able to go yeah. back go straight to their is that when you say home justin is that to their apartment? a lot of a lot of players leave directly from the, the bowl game to go home because i know uh I remember uh, Chandler Honeycutt uh, of Pirate Radio you know, telling a story back in 2014, uh, I believe it was. I think it was him. Uh, he, he or somebody was talking about seeing um, Shane Carden at the airport after the game. And I know on my drive back um, somewhere there between Birmingham and Atlanta, um, we'd stop to, to get some gas and uh, use the restroom. And while in the convenience store, and we saw uh, Chris Hairston, who who was obviously uh, a running back on that team. So uh, a lot of guys do uh, travel back with their families. No doubt, that's going to be that'll be a lot of fun. We have the Gigi Smith interview. Um, for, of course, Pirates are playing tomorrow night at six o'clock. So make sure you make uh, make sure you don't show up at seven. Uh, six o'clock tomorrow night. Eight dollar tickets, lower bowl. Uh, Bubba, I wish you could come uh, to that game. It's going to be so much fun, and it's going to be for me right after work. In fact, uh, I'm going to pitch it to you, Bubba, as we're getting ready for that great interview. Yeah, earlier today, I had the chance to catch up with High Points. First-year head coach, G.G. Smith, came to High Point uh, several years ago on his father's staff after having spent five years as the head coach at uh, Loyola in Maryland. And... Um, Spent about 10 or 11 minutes with Gigi talking about his ball club and the matchup with Mike Schwartz and the Pirates. And uh, let's go to that conversation with Gigi Smith right now. It's hard to believe, but the non-conference season has come and gone for East Carolina basketball. The Pirates will be playing their final non-conference game on Wednesday night when the High Point Panthers visit williams Arena Menchie's Coliseum for what will be a 6 p.m. tip-off. Right now to preview that matchup, very excited to be joined by the High Point head coach, G.G. Smith. G.G., we appreciate your time this morning. How you doing? Good morning. Yes, sir. Um, you know, before we uh, dive into this ball club specifically and what you have going on there at High Point, uh, I wanted to take a quick trip down memory lane, uh, I guess back to my high school years. I remember when you were playing for the Georgia Bulldogs and uh, yeah. you, got, you guys were ranked 23rd and came to Menji's. And uh, that was a heck of a game that night, uh, you know, more so for the Bulldogs and Pirate fans. But uh, that was a, that was a tremendous finish. Uh, what are your memories of that one, uh, 55-54 Georgia? Yeah, if I remember right, was, uh, was, that, was that back when Coach Dooley was there the first time? It was. And, uh, yeah. yeah, I remember that game. I was like, you know, first of all, I was like, why, why do we have to come to East Carolina? Yeah. Uh, come play? I was like, we got to go to Greenville to play at East Carolina. Pirates, man, I remember it was close. I remember the, the crowd was was ecstatic. It was loud. I mean, it was a close one. We, we were lucky to get out there with the win. We had a really good team that year at Georgia. And uh, I just remember it being extremely loud at that place. And it was a great venue to play in. I remember um, your dad, I guess, he moved on to the University of Kentucky. Coach Gerso was coaching you guys. And uh, when Jermaine Jones, uh, mm -hmm. he, he got a lot of the headlines. Yeah, Jermaine Jones was a heck of a player. He went on to the NBA. Um, I think they did a great – I forgot who was guarding him at the time, but, like, they did a great job of just, you know, taking things away from us, and we were just fortunate to get out of there with a win. And then, of course, the game um, 
ended very anticlimactically for the Pirate fans. Um, Body Oliver was fouled yep. on a three-point attempt by Rafael Edwards. Yep, I think he would either make like two out of three or something like that, or I don't remember. I think right. the game was, if I recall correctly, I want to say that the game was tied, and then yeah. he just had to make the first one. So we yeah. we were in a situation where we had to see him miss all three. But uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was a good game. Good game. It was a great yes, game. Body, I was just crazy. He's talking about Body Oliver. I was just on the phone with him the other day, actually, too. Uh, he's got he's coaching down in Southern Florida, and and I'll bring it up to him uh, next time I talk to him too about that about that three pointer that he got fouled on. What school is he at now? He's down at a high school. I think it's a Sun Coast High School down there near West Palm Beach. He's from around that area, so he's like an assistant coach down there teaching. Gotcha. Uh, fast forwarding to present coach, um, you obviously had a five year stint as the head coach at Loyola University in Maryland prior to joining your dead staff at High Point back in May of 2017. Uh, so just talk about, uh, you know, what you learned from that first experience as a head coach and then, you know, combining that with some of the things you've learned from your dad as well as the other coaches and, um, you know, how things maybe are a little bit different this second time around as a head coach. Well, you know, I always appreciate the opportunity of coaching again. A lot of coaches don't, don't, don't get a second chance. Uh, I was actually fortunate, happened, happy for the opportunity at Loyola, Maryland. Uh, we had five great years. Uh, obviously, you didn't win as much as you wanted to, but it was a great experience. Uh, we played in a very tough, tough league in the Patriot League. Uh, but yeah, but you know, this time around, you know, you don't do everything too much differently. Um, you know, I just thought back at Loyola, Maryland. I just didn't think, you know, we really scored the ball really well, and and uh, I promised myself, ever got a head coaching job, that we were going to be a, a scoring team. We were going to score a lot of points. And uh, we're doing a good job so far that this year. We just got to just tighten up on the defensive end. I mean, I grew up a defensive guy. Obviously, my dad, I learned all that is ball line defense, the defensive principles, um, you know, always be a good rebounding team. But I just thought, you know, this time around, I just want to open up the offense a little bit more and, and, and just play a little faster. And, uh, you know, obviously, we're not guarding as well as I would like to. We're giving up more points than, than I like to. But um, hopefully, it'll prep us uh, come league play. Yeah, you talk about the way this team is scoring 85-plus points per game, um, most recently 82 and an 85-82 loss down at Trask Coliseum the other night. But uh, tell us about your ball club offensively. You know, one of the things that jumped out as I was looking through the n numbers, you have three guys led by 6'4 junior guard Jaden House that are averaging uh, anywhere from 14.5 to 21.5 per game. Well, you know, I think at this level you got to have like a big three. And I think Jaden House, he's our leading scorer. Um, he's coming off a pretty good sophomore season. I think I think this year he's really taking ownership. He really wanted to, you know, show off his skills. And uh, he's a big-time scorer. Um, he's a bully. He gets to the rim. He's powerful. He's strong. Um, he can score at all three levels. And um, I'm fortunate that he's off to a great start this season. And then, uh, obviously, uh, Zach Olson, you know, his preseason first-team all, all Big South. Um, he's having a, another, another solid year. And then the guy that really surprised us was Abdul Atheon, the transfer from Minnesota. Um, he's a kid that can really shoot the ball. And I think those three guys, you know, one thing they all can do, they can all score. Uh, Zach's a great rebounder. Um, Lay, Abdul is a really good uh, spot shooter. So th those three guys are really been good for us, and they, they can all score the ball. Yeah, what uh, Abdul, I think he's, what, mid-40s from three? Yeah, he's shooting right. We have right about uh, 43, 44% from the three point. Uh, all in our top five to six guys all shooting about 45% from the field. And uh, yeah, so offensively, we, we can really score the ball. Uh, I think that's something that I'm not really worried about. I was worried about us defensively. I just think we just need to tighten up a little bit on the defensive end. I think we can play a little harder. We can give a little better effort, uh, a better championship effort on defensive end. And that's something we've been really working on over the break. 
and uh, and hopefully it'll help us uh, come uh, Big South play. With the way you guys are scoring, and talk about going against the East Carolina defense. Um, it's definitely a work in progress, but Mike Schwartz, first year East Carolina coach, is uh, well known for uh, what he's done uh, on the defensive side of the ball, specifically at the University of Tennessee most recently. So uh, talk about what you've seen out of the Pirates on that side. Well, they're scary because I think they're really good defensively. I thought early on in the year, um, I, didn't, I didn't think they were playing well to start the season, but lately I think they've really are starting to bind what Coach Schwartz is doing, especially on the defensive end. So I'm really worried of, of how we're going to score. Um, so I think, you you know, UNCW and when we played UNLV this, uh, a few weeks ago, those are the two best defensive teams we faced all year. And I think East Carolina is just, just as good as, as those d defensive teams. So. We're going to have to do a better job. We're going to have to, you know, be strong with the ball. We have to meet passes. We're going to have to cut hard to the basket. Um, we're going to have to be aggressive. We just can't settle. We have to continue to run our offense, um, you know, get the ball inside like we do, and we have to run. Um, the last game against UNCW, I thought they really took us out of our pace. Really, we weren't playing fast until uh, midway through the second half when we finally got back in the game. But we just got to control the tempo. Uh, we got to control the tempo. Uh, we're a great offensive team. They're, they're a really good defensive team. So, some, something's got to give, um, and it should be a great, great matchup uh, tomorrow night. Yeah, I noticed in that UNC-Wilmington game, as you mentioned, with about 13 and a half minutes to play, and you trailed by 22, but you got it down to a two-possession ball game on a few occasions there in the final minute. Mm -hmm. And we were able to finally get some stops. You know, we were able to finally get some stops, and we finally made some shots there, and we ended up cutting it to like five or six, and we just, you know, a little bit too late. Um, you know, we just didn't really go off to a great start to, to the game. So that's something we have to do especially when you're going on the road, you're playing these hostile environments, you have to get off to a great start. And that's going to be one of the biggest keys to the game tomorrow. You talk about wanting to see more from your ball club uh, on the defensive end. And what have you seen from East Carolina offensively? Um, there were so many unknowns coming into the year. Um, mm -hmm. You really didn't know where the points were going to come from, especially you know for those like us outside the program that had not had a chance to see the guys practice that much. <laughs> and uh, you, had a, you have a guy like Javon Small who stepped mm -hmm. up average – averaging close to uh, 20 points a game, yeah. and then uh, and then Brandon Johnson, Ezra Asar, et cetera. Yeah, I remember watching uh, Ezra Asar in high school down at Liberty Heights. He's, he's, a, he, he's a bully. He's a big dude. But I mean, after, after watching him on tape, I saw R.J. Felton play a bunch in high school too. But this, the kid, Javon Small, man, he, he's a big-time playmaker, man. He really scares me. Um, he can do it all in all three levels. I mean, he's quick. He can get to the basket. He can shoot. Um, you know, he has the green light. But, you know, He's just some guy. He's, he's some guy we're just going to have to contain. We just can't let him go off with 20, 25 points. We just have to make things difficult for him to stay with him, him in the basket, um, just make things difficult. And um, he's got to have five guys on him. You know, he's got to see five, you know, five guys, five numbers um, when, when, he, when he's attacking the basket. And he's not going to make every shot, but we just can't let him get hot. And then if he misses it, we got to rebound the ball. And we got to rebound the ball and just go and go run our offense. And on the defensive end, who are some of your top defenders at, at this point? For us? Yes, sir. Uh, right now, I'd probably say uh, Amard Harvey, the transfer coach to Carolina. He's giving us some 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 big minutes off the bench. I think he can guard one through five. He's athletic. He's versatile. Uh, obviously, Zach Austin, you know, he, he was like second in our league in block shots. Uh, he was like one of the top 15 guys in the country in block shots. Those are two defensive guys because they're, they're just so versatile and so athletic um, that they can guard uh, the one through five position. Uh, and then we also have our, our best perimeter guys, probably Brock Williams, who comes off the bench. Um, he can really – I think he'll be uh, in a matchup with, with Small, him and uh, Brian, Brian Random, as far as containing him and trying to keep him out of the paint. 
final thing for you, Coach, um, as as your ball club's ready for play in the Big South Conference, I mean, tell us about your league. I, I know uh, early in the season I had the chance to uh, watch UNC Asheville against UCF, and I was yeah. very impressed with what I saw from them. Our league's gonna be much better this year. I know we were, our league we lost a lot of a lot of guys to transfers and graduation, but um, you know with Zach Alston, you know Drew Drew Pember at, at Asheville, uh, uh, the Ganey kid from Upstate. I think we got a a re- re- really good uh, really good core as far as leagues play. Um, Asheville's showing a lot of potential. Longwood, the defending champs. I think they're gonna be good again this year with Isaiah Wilkins back. Um, Gardner Webb, they're gonna be tough defensively. Uh, Campbell, they're, they're going to do their thing. So I really like our league. It's going to be a fun league. We're, we're going to play 20 games, so it's going to be a true uh, a true schedule. Everybody's going to play everybody at home. Everybody's going to play everybody on the road. So it's going to be a fun year. I'm looking forward to it, and hopefully we'll come up on top. Yeah, you bring up that name, Drew Pember. Um, man, was he fun to watch that night. He put up 40 on UCF. Boy, he peed saw Then the other night he made that buzzer beater at, at uh, ETSU. So uh, he's got the hot hand right now, and he's – Obviously, he was picked as preseason player of the year, so he's going to be a tough match for everybody in this league. No doubt. Uh, Coach, I really appreciate the visit and appreciate you uh, spending 10 minutes with us this morning. Uh, best of luck this season. Safe travels to Greenville, and uh, we'll catch up with you down the road. All right, man. Appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks to Coach Gigi Smith. That was a great interview, Bubba. Awesome job as we have our Pirate Preview here tonight. If you're watching us live on Tuesday, night and of course uh, you can we have it archived on facebook and youtube and you can listen to wherever you listen to your favorite podcast as well uh, there you see the head coach gg smith uh, bubba awesome job like i said uh, big big game we need a lot of people to come out i'm gonna do my bubba right now and i'll pitch it to you bubba we need a lot of people to come out eight dollar tickets lower bowl i wish you and matt live closer where you could come tomorrow night i'll be there six o'clock and get your tickets eight bucks. I mean, are you kidding me? The administration, we give them a hard time sometimes, but they do a great job with this time of year with the cheap tickets. Yeah, hopefully Pirate Nation you know, will answer the answer the call and get out there and uh, you know, we'll have uh, have one of the bigger crowds. It's not the biggest crowd of the season uh, thus far. Um I'll be a little surprised, honestly, with students on break, but uh uh, hopefully, uh, hopefully, pirate fans will prove me wrong. The question, Matt, uh, are you going to be watching uh, the game? I guess. Yeah, absolutely, guys. I'm looking forward to it. Excited uh, with the progress this team is making, and hoping we can get another win tomorrow. Be fantastic! And before we get out of here, I know Bubba, we have a lot of uh, programming coming up, right? Yeah, uh, we'll have uh, here in the next day or two, we'll have another edition of Sonny and Semenza talking bowl games on what's transpired thus far. Uh, you know, as we're not quite a third of the way through um, the bowl game, I guess about 25% actually, because you got more bowl games each year. I guess what it was 49 this year. So we're about 25% of the way home. Uh, so we'll talk about what's transpired so far. Uh, we'll talk about some of the bowl games coming up in the near future. Um, take a look at the transfer portal as well as everything. It's going to be great. And uh, by the way, Monday night uh, we have our show, and that'll be in Birmingham at Overtime Grill and Bar. I want, want you to come up and see that. We'll have that on uh, social media everywhere. So uh, make sure that you check that out. And, of course, 
Uh, we have a lot of great programming between now and then. Between now and the bowl, hard to believe, is coming up next Tuesday. So less than a week away now, officially, we'll be in Birmingham, and it's going to be a lot of fun. We have a Christmas show on Thursday nights. And uh, before we get out of here, I want to thank our great sponsors like LNK Custom Homes. Thanks to KK Walker. Uh, Kevin, man, has been so great to us and, of course, great to the East Carolina program. He's a licensed general contractor. Call him at 336-688-8461. If you're in the triad area of North Carolina, man, he puts on a show. He knows how to get the job done. Again, I appreciate LNK Custom Homes for the support of this program. want to say hello to our good friends. Hey, at Porky's Backyard Barbecue, I delivered those toys this morning. Uh, for our toy drive, and they were very appreciative of our toy drive we had on Saturday. We're going to do it again next year, so uh, come by and see us. But you don't have to wait for the toy drive. You can go to Porky's anytime. Porky's Backyard Barbecue, and they're open. Their hours are actually 11 to 7. They've changed them uh, Sunday through Thursday. Friday and Saturday, they're still open 11 to 8 at Porky's Backyard Barbecue. And one more thing, guys, with Porky's, they have where you can get your sides. Um, they even sell ham. Um, so if you're looking for a great thing, they need 24 hours notice. Give them a call. A lot of great sides there. And pgxgloves.com. want to give a shout out to Mark Minikazi, his support of the program. Uh, Mark has done lots for us at pgxgloves.com. We appreciate him very, very much. And by the way, and the, put in the promo code ECU, just type that in for 25% off on the custom baseball gloves, custom batting gloves, football gloves, swag, apparel, and so much more. Thanks to PGX Gloves, um, again, for their support of the program. Again, just go to pgxgloves.com. Appreciate you, Matt, very much, brother, uh, for coming on tonight. And uh, Bubba for setting up the interviews uh, with G.G. Smith. And, of course, Joe Cashin for the play-by-play voice of the Shonda Clears. And, uh, man, did you guys have anything before we go? No, just starting to get uh, excited for the game, guys. It's almost here. You know, sometimes when you have three weeks, it doesn't feel like reality. But uh, here we are now a week away. So, um, you know, let's go. All right. Sounds good. Appreciate you all very much. We'll get out of here for Matt and Bubba. And we miss our good friend Kyle from LaGrange Barber. He was off tonight. And we'll have him hopefully back for Christmas, uh, for our Christmas show on Thursday. You've been watching the Pirate Preview. And it's right here on the Sports Objective. Good night, everybody, and go Pirates. Every touchdown.